Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with another episode of Loopold's Hunt Talk Radio. Today we are doing another one of our bonus podcasts uh, that talk about drawing tags and how to apply and all that stuff. And today I'm going to cover Utah. Utah is, let's see, March 5th, 2020 is the deadline for Utah. So Utah is one of those states that we get a lot of questions about because I think people are allocating their budgets and saying, mm, should I, should I not? So we'll end up covering that before we're all done here. Hopefully give you some some points and some ideas that at least help you make that decision. Uh, but first, I want to thank Leopold for making this podcast possible. Uh, go to leopold.com, check out everything they have in terms of optics and all their support for conservation, access, public lands, hunting, shooting, you name it. And then we have Onyx Maps. Uh, I just, it, you hear me say it all the time. Onyx is one of those critical tools of don't leave home without it. Go to onyxmaps.com, use promo code Randy and save 20%. Uh, Onyx being one of the critical tools of the two tools well, say that twice. Two tools. We have a pair of tools we use uh, in our application process. It is application season, as we call it. Onyx is one of them. Uh, Go Hunt Insider is the other. And if you go to Go Hunt and sign up for the Insider and get all this information, everything I'm going to talk about here in Utah is in even more detail out where Go Hunt has their strategy articles. But you got to be a member of the Insider for that. And when you do, use promo code Randy. They'll give you $50 of uh, credit in their gear shop. And then everybody who uses promo code Randy from July 1 of 19 to June 30th of 2020 is getting in a drawing that uh, Go Hunt is going to have. Uh, the drawing is for a commissioner's tag in Wyoming. So you can take that tag and you can look at any of the elk, deer, and antelope punk codes and say, I want to convert this commissioner's tag to a tag for one of those hunt codes. And off you go. So, let's get to Utah. Uh, has a little bit of upfront costs. Again, want to make sure you remember the deadline is March 5th. Uh, you're going to have to pay $65 upfront for your non-resident hunting license. $10 per species that you apply for. Um, so, if you apply for five species, that's $50 of application fees plus the $65 license. And with that, your total would be $115. Um, and if you draw, what they do is they you, you give them your credit card information. And if you draw, then the actual tag fee is charged to your credit card. So what you want is you want to be able to wake up someday and say, Oh my goodness, I just got a notification from my credit card that Utah just hit my card for however many hundreds of dollars. And be dancing in the street and say, I'm going to Utah. Um, so, uh, some of the stuff, most of the stuff I'm going to talk about applies to non-residents. But very often we get residents who say, oh no, that's not how it works. And the reason that that happens at times is the rules can occasionally be slightly different for residents than they are for non-residents. So, I'm going to quickly run through what residents can apply for versus what non-residents can apply for. So, this used to be identical. About, I think, 10 or 11 years ago, they changed it where non-residents can apply for more species than residents. 
Residents, you can apply for general buck deer. We'll get into that later. You can apply for any of the three, but only one of them, three limited entry hunts for elk, deer, and antelope. So you can do elk or deer or antelope. So at that point, all right, I did my buck deer. All right, I did limited entry elk. And then you can do one of the five once-in-a-lifetime species. And those five once-in-a-lifetime species are moose, bison, mountain goat, desert bighorn, and Rocky Mountain bighorn. So if you're a resident, you can only do three applications. General buck deer, either elk deer or antelope, and then any of the five that I just mentioned in the once-in-a-lifetime. So you're only building points for probably one of those species. Whereas non-residents, when they change the system, they're letting us apply for all of the elk deer antelope. So whereas residents can only apply for one of those three, non-residents can apply for all three. And of the five once-in-a-lifetime species, residents can only apply for one of them. Non-residents can apply for all five of them. And then we have a... This, this gets complicated and it's hard to explain. The diagrams that they have out there on Go Hunt and the Insider do a way better job than what I can explain it in, uh, in words because I'm trying to do it descriptively so you can visualize it in your head. But general buck deer is kind of a misnomer. You still have to draw it. Uh, the difference between general buck deer and limited entry deer is limited entry deer is mostly in just a few select units. Uh, let's you know we all know the Henry Mountains or the Book Cliffs or the Ponsagon. Uh, there and there's a few others. Now general deer are hunts you still have to apply for them, but they're the remainder of the state. And they're broken up into Southwest Desert, Cache, you know, Boulder, Monroe, Beaver, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the general buck deer, they give away a lot more permits. The limited entry deer is very, very difficult to draw for both residents and non-residents. Whereas the general buck deer, uh, at least on the non-resident side, you can draw that every... I don't know, with one, two, three points at the most for, for most of those units. So, And then the, the other crazy part is that they use a preference point system for general buck deer. And then they use a hybrid bonus point system for the limited entry elk deer antelope and the once-in-a-lifetime species. So for one drawing, the general buck deer, you're using a preference point drawing where the applicant with the most points gets the tag. In the limited entry deer, elk, antelope, and the once in a lifetime, it's bonus points. And I, I call it a hybrid system. And here's why I call it a hybrid system. The Unlike some states, like my home state of Montana, we give non-residents, we say up to 10% of the tags. We don't guarantee non-residents 10%. The same in Idaho, the same in Arizona. Well, Utah actually carves out a pool of tags for every hunt code. They say, all right, 10% of these tags, and they round it up or down because if there's 25 total tags, well, how do you give two and a half to non-residents? So in some units, they'll round it up. Some, they'll round it down. I don't know how that works, uh, what their strategy or, or methodology is, but just know that approximately 10% of the tags are going into a pool that non-residents we know we are going to get that pool of tags we're not competing against the residents for those tags so 
this hybrid point system that I'm kind of talking about, uh, hang with me in this. It, it takes a little bit of time to explain it. Um, and the way that this system works, it's the same for the 90% of tags that the residents get and the same for the 10% of tags that non-residents get. So it's the same for both of us in this situation. And there's two parts. The first part of this draw, they take half of the tags and they put in what they call a bonus pool. They call them bonus tags. And <laughs> they really treat your bonus points like preference point in that first half of the draw. So everybody goes into the first half of the draw, no matter if you have zero points or you're the max point holder. And that half of the tags, the, so if we, I'm going to use an example to maybe make it easier. There's a certain non-resident hunt code that has a total of four tags allocated to it. Two of those are going to go in the first part of the draw and two of them are going to go in the second part of the draw. So in this first part of the draw that I'm talking about that they call the bonus draw, the people with the most points are going to get those two tags. And then everybody who didn't draw in the first part of the draw gets thrown into the second part of the draw that they call the random draw. And that's where your bonus points are true bonus points. In other words, if you have 10 bonus points and I have one, you have way better chances of drawing than I do because their bonus points in that draw are almost like raffle tickets. Okay, doesn't mean that I couldn't get a lower number than you. I possibly could with, with having much fewer points than you. But the probability is you're going to get a way lower random number than I will. So I'll... I'll summarize again. They take half those tags. In my example, there's four non-resident tags. They put two of them in the bonus draw, they call it, where those get allocated to the people with the highest number of bonus points. Anyone who doesn't draw there gets thrown into the random draw, and those, ran those remaining two tags in that random draw get allocated based on a bonus point system. So that's how the draw is conducted. And then, as if it wasn't complicated enough, there's another thing that you need to understand in Utah. You can only have one limited entry tag a year, whether you're a resident or non-resident. So you need to understand the sequence of how they do the draws. So the sequence of the draw goes like this. First, they do limited entry deer then limited entry elk, then limited entry antelope, and then they go through the, uh, what they call the once-in-a-lifetime species. I think they do the sheep species, then the moose, then the mountain goat, and then last the bison. But if you draw one of, let's say you drew limited entry deer, which is the first part of the draw, they boot you out of every remaining application you've submitted and just give you a point for it because you're only allowed one tag one limited entry tag per year so if you drew antelope you'd still have been in the elk and the deer draw or the deer because the way it works deer elk antelope and the ones in a lifetime so you go through no didn't draw deer mm, didn't draw elk boom i drew antelope well that means you're thrown out of the once in a lifetime 
you're, you're just going to get points for those. Let's say you don't draw deer, you don't draw elk, you don't draw antelope. That puts you into the sheep draws, puts you into the moose draw, the mountain goat draw, and the bison draw. And maybe you get lucky in one of those once in a lifetime, but they're so hard to draw, odds are you're probably just going to get points anyhow. So just know that the sequence of the draw is important as a non-resident. If you have a big pile of points, and I'll use myself as the example, I am one of the non-residents at the maximum point level for antelope. So whatever year I decide, all right, I'm going to burn my antelope points, I'm going to get the tag. I'm going to get it in that first half known as the bonus round. But that means the rest of my applications uh, below that, the sheep, moose, goat, and bison, I'm I'm just getting bonus points I, because I'm going to get the antelope tag done. You're, you're, I'm not allowed to have a second tag. So, uh, that's, that's another little quirk that, uh, is there with the Utah application. Uh, the order of the application, I should say. Uh, and some of you might be wondering, well, Randy, you, you said that you're allowed to have one limited entry tag. Does that also preclude you from getting a general buck tag? No. And that's why general buck is treated as a different category. You could have a limited entry elk tag and a general buck tag in the same year. So they don't. <laughs> yeah. As, as you're probably getting from this, that uh, Utah's got a somewhat complicated system. Uh, but I'd say if, if you're interested, if Utah ends up being on your list, and we'll go through more of that, uh, go and look at the diagrams out there on the Go Hunt Insider. It, when you see it visually, it, it really helps a lot. Um, youth applicants have to have passed hunter education to apply, and you have to turn 12 years old by December 31 of 2020. Um, hunter education... If you were born after December 31st, 1965, so if you were born in any year of 1966 or later, you need to have, uh, you need to have passed in, in any state, some state, a certified hunter education course, and Utah will list what states and what organizations are considered certified for their purposes. Um, and then... Uh, there are some weapons restrictions. You know, a lot of people will apply for the archery and uh, muzzleloader hunts because often they're they're a bit easier to draw. And with archery gear, you need to have a minimum draw weight of 30 pounds, and your broadhead has to have seven eighths of an inch cutting cutting width. Uh, muzzleloaders must be at least 40 caliber or larger. Um, and other than that, I don't. I think that's really the only restriction on muzzleloaders. They used to have a few more restrictions, but they don't have that anymore. Utah does have a system where you can return your tag. They changed it a bit this year. Uh, if you want to return a tag, say you have a conflict or a work issue or, or something else, uh, if you return your tag within 30 days before season opens, you'll get your points restored, but you won't get a point for this year and you will get your tag fee refunded and what happens is they reissue that tag um, for me it was in 2014 I came home from work 
uh, see I have a, a voicemail on my answering machine on my landline. I know. You're, you're saying, Randy, you still have a landline? I did in 2014. I don't know. But I hit the button and it says, hello, this is so-and-so from Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. A tag for this unit has been turned back. You were the next in line. Would you like this permit? Gulp. What? Did I hear that right? <laughs> hit the replay button. Sure enough. Next morning, I call them. I'm like, yeah, send that tag. I, I will take that. Um, so, thankfully, they reissue those tags when they get turned back in. Um, so, this is going to be a little bit of my opinion and my perspective about uh, the, the question people always ask is, is it worth it? Is, is this state worth it? Is that state worth it? And that really comes down to what do you have for a financial budget? What do you have for a time budget? What do you have for a horizon? Is this a short-term idea you're thinking? Mid-term? So short-term, I'm thinking one to three years. Mid-term is probably three to eight years. And long-term, when we're talking tag applications, I'm thinking nine, ten, and longer than that. So to answer the question of is Utah worth it, you got to first say, do I, how restrictive is my, my financial budget? Because you're going to be paying a lot of upfront costs over the course of time. Okay, it's a $65 non-refundable license plus these application fees, which I kind of look like, okay, it's almost like entering a raffle once I've paid my $65 application fee. Um, but you look at how low the draw odds are. The draw odds in, in Utah are very, very low. So you are going to be waiting a long time for a tag unless you get really, really lucky. Um, I'm sitting on 21 pronghorn points. Yeah, I'm applying for one set, one specific unit. And when I started out there, I think there were 52 people at my point pool. And now I think there's one or two of us still standing. So multiple times I've flunked out, for lack of a better way of saying it, in Utah. But then on the other hand, I got crazy lucky. I drew archery bison with 19 points. I, a lot of people with way more points than 19 have yet to draw their bison tag. So you can get lucky. It's just a matter of, does your budget allow you to kind of roll the dice and really <laughs> the, throw it out there and see, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to get lucky. I'm, I'm kind of buying raffle tickets for that. Uh, that's that's what, how I've had to justify Utah is just looking at it like raffle tickets. So... I don't care if you're talking about Utah, you're talking about Nevada, Arizona, any of the states where you're buying an upfront license, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, Idaho, you look at all those ones where you're buying an upfront license, you have to look at it and say, okay, if I make that investment, what are my odds? And everyone's going to have a different assessment of it. You ask one person, is Utah youth it, worth it? They're not even going to hesitate and say, oh, yeah. Well, they've got a much, you know, maybe they've got a really accommodating budget. You ask the next person and they say, you know what, I've only got X dollars and i got to allocate it according to what states I think give me the best short-term and mid-term plan. And Utah's not on there. I would say Utah is definitely, if you're 
applying in Utah. It's a long-term investment. Do not expect that you're going to, other than their general buck deer, don't expect that somehow you're going to draw a tag in the next two or three years. If you do, great. But you really beat the serious, serious odds. If you look at elk, which is probably the most popular species that people apply for in Utah. And because Utah has their rifle hunts, they have a series of rifle hunts in the peak of the rut in September. Those are ridiculously hard to draw. I mean, so hard to draw. If you have four points, it's still less, way less than 1% chance of drawing those. Um, I think if you rounded it, you would round it almost down. It'd be closer to 0% than one-tenth of a percent. Um, so the, the other part of it is, is every year people think, oh, well, I'm getting more points. Pretty soon I'll be over in the bonus pool. No, there's what we call point creep, you know. Even though it took 10 points for this tag a couple years ago, now it's taken 12 or 13. So even though you, you're accruing an extra point every year, the number of points it takes keeps jumping by a point every year and you feel like you're never catching up. Maybe you catch up one every, every five years, you gain one point on the point creep scale. Um, so be thinking about that also because it's a long-term investment. Um, if you don't, if budget really isn't a concern, well, heck, you know, for sure do it and uh, look at Utah as just another way to throw your name in the hat with some raffle tickets and maybe you're the lucky person who gets drawn and you're going to have a great hunt. I can assure you this, because, uh, uh, you know, you got states like Colorado, uh, maybe Idaho, Montana, not to, not as much Wyoming, but those states, the odds of, of drawing in most of those states are way better. For a couple of reasons one the the opportunity it, the state creates more opportunity by not managing for such old age classes well that's not the case in utah in utah they manage for very old age classes and in order to do that they can't have the opportunity levels that colorado and idaho and montana and other states have you would never have the age class that they manage for the other good part about that is I've had limited entry deer, archery deer, limited entry archery elk. I've had limited entry archery bison. It's hard to have a bad experience in Utah because they're so restrictive with their opportunity and their number of tags. The quality of the experience is very, very high if you beat the odds and you draw that tag. So... That's kind of the, the really quick overview of how Utah works. They have a bonus point system, but I call it a hybrid system because for half the tags in these limited entry draws, it's really a true preference point system, even though they will tell you they have a bonus point system. For that first part of their draw, the first half of the tags, he or she with the most points is getting the tag. The second part, that is a true bonus point system. Uh, and it's kind of weird. They, they changed this a couple of years ago. People say, well, what if there's five tags? How many go into the bonus draw to the highest point holders and how many go into the random draw? Here's how they do it. If there's one tag, one non-resident tag, it goes into the random draw. 
If there's a second tag, it goes into the bonus draw for the folks with the highest points. The third tag goes into the bonus draw for the person with the highest points. The fourth tag goes into the random draw, fifth tag into the bonus draw, sixth tag into the random draw, and it keeps going like that. So if there's only one tag, it everybody has a chance at it. If there's three tags, because they flip how they're allocating it at the third tag, two of those three are going to the highest point holders and one of them is going to be in the random draw. Um, so just kind of a, a weird fluke that I, I noticed a couple of years ago when they changed that system. It really did. It changed the draw odds quite a bit in some units, at least for those top point holders. Um, so uh, if you're going to apply in Utah and you've got the money, it's probably worth the investment. If, back again to budgets. I, if you have the budget to apply in Utah, um, maybe you don't even worry about these things. If, you, if you're kind of on the fence budget-wise, um, just make sure that you view Utah as a long-term investment because that's probably how long you're going to have to be in it. And either way, if, you know, if you're in this multi-state point application, point building, tag drawing, system like I've been since uh, I think I did my first non-resident application in 95 or 96 but and I used to have spreadsheets and research articles I had file cabinets of stuff and being a CPA I thought Excel was all right man I got, I got it dialed in you know I had spreadsheets coming out my ears and then along comes Go Hunt, and now it's all right there at my fingertips. And it's actually way more accurate. I used to have to try extrapolate these odds in these states. And as, as hard as you may try, it was never right. Uh, but uh, at least Go Hunt can, can look at it and say, here's what your odds were last year. Um, you never know what people are going to do this year, so there's no way to have predictive odds. Uh, but go to GoHunt.com. Sign up for the Insider. Uh, use promo code Randy. Get your $50 of store credit. And get your name in the hat for the Wyoming Commissioner's Tag that's going to be drawn sometime in early July of 2020. Um, so, anyhow, we like to keep these short and sweet. like to keep them under a half hour. And that is our story about Utah for 2020. Uh, sure hope that you uh, have good luck drawing tags. Uh, I always say that, and then someone draws my tag, and I say, D, I wanted you to have good luck. Didn't want you to have that good luck, but <laughs> no. Uh, the next state I think I'm going to be doing is New Mexico, and then Montana, and Colorado, then Nevada, and then Idaho. And I think after that, we'll have covered them all. So uh, anyhow, hope you find these useful. Uh Go out, download the proclamations from each state. Remember that March 5th is the deadline for Utah. That's the important part. Don't miss the deadline. If you do miss the deadline, Utah a few years ago started a new thing where they give you two extra weeks to at least go and confess your sins and they'll let you buy a point. So I think the point period is open until March 19th, if I remember right. So it's in the in the regulations. Uh, download them, look it up, and uh, good luck. Thanks for listening.